superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> this is the Rich Eisen Show. How about the Cowboys? back to Dak Prescott. He throws over the middle to Turpin. He gets hammered down by Jimmy Ward. Touchdown on the opening drive for Cincinnati. You better send those refunds. The Rich Eisen Show. Galen Hurts. He's healthy. Chad Henney. 98 yard Chiefs touchdown drive. Today's guests. Two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. We'll take your phone calls this hour for sure. Um, Gave you my thoughts on Joe Burrow to start the show. Holy crap. Just finished hour number one. Uh, with what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles were able to do, and then in the middle of the first hour, just a little CSI Dallas, like what, 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 just picking apart the uh, the I guess the the Cowboys and the the chalk line that was drawn on the field of that season in uh, Santa Clara yesterday or San Jose yesterday uh, by the San Francisco 49ers who move on to take on the Eagles, and it's Burrow taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes coming off of the dreaded high ankle sprain. Those are the final four in the National Football League. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the Roku channel. Let's uh, start our number two here on a Monday in the same way that we have done all season long. And thrilled to have back here on the show uh, one of the hosts of Greenlight Podcast, the man behind the scenes there, uh, and the two-time Super Bowl champion, our friend Chris Long, back here on the program. How are you doing, Chris? Rich, what's up, man? How you doing? I am great. The most impressive performance of the weekend. That's what I'm going to start with you. A macro question. It could be a person. It could be a side of the football, a unit, however you see fit. It would be which or who, Chris Long? I think it would be the Bengals. I think it would be, I mean, like, um, they beat the best team the most handily. Um, they jump out to a 14 nothing lead on the road. Uh, I just felt like coming into this game, a lot of people were counting the Bengals out, and I think one key for them was was you know Carmen coming in and having some reps last week against the Ravens at right tackle and being able to replace Jonah Williams uh, left tackle rather a little bit more seamlessly than he would have had he had the spot start, and I thought he looked really good, honestly. Um, and all those guys up front did a nice job. It's just amazing how people counted these guys out. In the NFL, like, there are some very elite offensive linemen that when you have to replace them, there's a big drop-off, a la Lane Johnson, 
who played and looked pretty good this uh, this weekend. Um, but the Bengals don't have any special guys up front, so maybe the drop-off isn't as big as we think. I think Carmen could play just as well as Jonah Williams, who, who wasn't having a great year. Needless to say, the Bills coming into this game are thinking, we got to exploit these matchups, and they didn't. And I think when you look back at the way the Bills were constructed, um, you add Von Miller, and he's such a great piece, but their depth got really deep. Uh, you know, they got depth got pretty shallow, rather, mm-hmm. pretty quickly with the loss of Von Miller. And so you got like Shaq Lawson and Epinesa and Basham rushing over what I thought was going to be, you know, um, a tackle that might have trouble this weekend. So I just think the Bills, you know, there's a couple things they need in the offseason. I think number one is grabbing a number two receiver that when you take digs away, you can go to this guy uh, reliably, somebody that really scares you. I, I like Gabe Davis, but you could see how they miss a little bit, of, a little bit more firepower. And then on the defensive line, adding pieces so that when you end up in situations like this, you can actually take advantage. But Joe was just lights out. Um, they had matchup problems on the outside. The Bills did, and they just moved the ball down the field the whole game. And the most discouraging thing for the Bills is they ran the ball. I mean, they just ran the ball at will. And that's not the game plan there to be down fourteen nothing, not be able to stop the run. Well, that that's the Bills issue to me, Chris. And I'm, I'm going to dig into it a little bit later, but I might as well since you kind of opened the door. Uh, their running game, it, it just they either abandon it or it's either Josh Allen and and nothing else. And and to me, having somebody that they can rely on, some some running back, a mix in the, of their own. Um, I don't, I don't believe it's Singletary, or at least they don't trust him to be a bell cow. You know, James Cook yeah. is a, is a nice complimentary piece for a rookie. I don't know if he would be ready to step up in that role either, like his brother. But just they, they don't have it. They don't have it. And then when they don't, when and when they need it, then it's on Allen to try and create it. And and at that point, you take Diggs away, and and Gabe Davis might not step forward. Then you got to wrap. That that's a wrap. Yeah, right. And that and that's been my biggest complaint about the Bills all season long. I think Cincinnati's the best team coming into the playoffs. Obviously, you had some O line issues that got worse, but you know I've said over and over again, Cincinnati's the best team in the AFC, like top to bottom. That includes the team they're going to play this weekend. Um, and you know the Bills, quite as kept, took a step backwards this year. And you know I'm sure they missed Dable and that sort of thing, but. The line, as you just put it, is so thin between them firing on all cylinders and them being in a slump. Like they found themselves in slumps in various games this season. And, um, you know, they start the game out slow and they just never got on the right page. And Josh Allen really didn't run the ball for that much. I mean, he didn't scramble that much. The design runs didn't do much. So, you know, I, and Lou Anarum is a guy who, who hasn't been talked about enough as a head coaching candidate. That defensive. Uh, front played really hard. They got after, you know, Dawkins and Saffold. Um, they 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 did a good job in the quarterback run game, so their eyes were in the right place. Um, they limited the big plays, and you know they've been turnover machines all season long. Ball aware, it wasn't like Josh turned it over a bunch um, yesterday. But I think this Cincinnati Kansas City matchup is just it's going to be awesome, and you know Patrick Mahomes and and everything that he's playing through right now, but that changes the, the dynamic of that ball game. And so Lou's playbook opens up big time because, you know, if you look at the, the time these guys played in December, the first week of December, 
you know, the Bengals are up 21-3 almost if they don't if they don't if they get a fourth down early in that ball game in the red zone. Patrick Mahomes jumping in the end zone like that that Michael Jordan jump man touchdown that he had against them. All the the play extending scrambles in the red zone. <clears throat> you know, he throws his his snap to release is like 2.9 seconds. In the red zone it's up at 3. You know, he buys time with his feet. All that stuff is off the menu. You know, play action's off the menu. It was off the menu after he got hurt the other day. Of course, Jacksonville didn't blitz him enough. But, you know, he he scrambled for one first down. It's just he's not going to be the same. You know, I've played through high ankle. It's really difficult. And uh, it's not going to feel much better. So, you know, for Lou, this really opens the game up for them. They can play more man. They're not worried about Patrick Mahomes beating you with the coverage with their back to the quarterback. Um, You know, you can pressure him. There's just all t- all types of stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see. They've, they've, they've played a lot of cover three the first time they played. Played like 15% man. How does that change? And how do they take advantage of this stuff? Chris Long here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. You just alluded to the fact that you've played with a high ankle sprain before. Um, Andy Reid called it a tweak after the game. I found that that, that that actually made me laugh out loud when he said he tweaked his ankle. Um, yeah. and, and you're hearing also, hey, he woke up the next day feeling way better than we thought. Tony Romo at the end of the Bills-Bengals game said that it wouldn't surprise him if Mahomes couldn't even go uh, on Sunday and that Wednesday he would be most likely on crutches because of how increasingly worse a high ankle sprain gets after the initial injury. I'll give you the floor on what you think. Uh, yeah, this yeah. Means. So, uh, like I said, like I've had it before, and you know, the first month that I played with it, and you know, they actually misdiagnosed it as a low ankle sprain. So I felt like I was being a big baby about an ankle sprain. <laughs> so I was like guilted into playing, and I was just out there. I mean, during the week I couldn't walk. You know, Sundays we'd shoot. You know, shoot it up. You know, tore it all. Whatever you needed to do to get it to go and you know by game time you're in a much better place but you're still dragging around a cinder block i mean that thing is just flat right like you can't extend you can kind of see it on sunday cutting is really hard you know it feels like a lightning bolt hits you in the ankle the first time you cut with that thing and you realize how different it is from just a standard ankle sprain but there's also a variation of how high up that ankle sprain can be so we don't know is it like eight centimeters up is it six? Is it you know twelve or whatever it is? Like there is a threshold to how high that that little tear can get, um, you know, to where they actually have to do surgery and the joint's no longer stable. It seems like his is one you can play through, but like I said, it's just a totally different ball game. And I think it was reflected not only what you saw in the field, like the first five plays he was in, the initial shock of it, and I don't know if Henny wasn't warm yet or what. Um, and Henny deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. It was a big drive, not only to get the seven points in a, in a tight ball game that they needed, but to stabilize and make them feel like, okay, we're going to be okay. We, we can win this game, and like Henny's sharp. We've seen that before, but if Patrick Mahomes is going to be a different player. They're not great on third and short. They're going to have to run the ball. you got all these big guys. You are built to, to play power football, but you know, losing that, hey, scramble drill, I'm scared to death of Patrick Mahomes element um and the extension of plays moving the pocket like you're just not going to have that so they're going to have to really they're going to have to play stick to stick i mean they're they're just going to have to they're going to have to be good on first and second down third and manageable and they're going to be way more predictable 
And so before we move to the NFC Championship game, Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show, I just want to spend another couple of minutes on Joe Burrow. I started the show by saying, you know, I scoffed when the pre-draft evaluation comp, the comparison for him, some were using Tom Brady, and I'm like, okay, yeah. But everything I yeah. see, I, yeah, everything I see yeah. is, 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 you know, kind of like it, you know, and you've played yeah. with Tom. I'm wondering what you see, and you see how Burrow – handles his business, goes about his business, clearly knows pre-snap what's going to happen, uh, blows the play up if it needs to be by spiking the ball to, instead of making a, a mistake, gets it out of his hands fast, completely identifies what he needs to do, and then and snatches your heart and shows it to you pumping. Uh, do you see yeah, any similarities having played with Tom? Yeah, I do. I mean, like, obviously they're different, and no comparison's perfect, but I remember last year comparing them before they went on that run, and I got laughed at. And, you know, I I, I think he's got... The thing that, that initially reminded me of Brady was his pocket mobility. Like, Brady, especially when he was younger, now not so much. I mean, the guy's 45. What do you expect? But, like, you know, Joe, he, he's he's so slippery back there, and his eyes are down the field the whole time. He understands the footwork aspect of the game, how important it is. Just a little movement, just, just, you know, a little shift in the pocket, having vision downfield, but also seeing, I think part of it is like, you know, entering the league under siege, like having a really good sixth sense about, you know, people falling at his legs, you know, people beating the right tackle, beating the left guard. Like he, he's, he's been through the fire. So he's seen, what it's like to be under siege. And I think he processes, you know, uh, quickly. I think he's got good vision. And I think he, he makes subtle movements, although he's much more athletic than Brady. You see him picking up first downs and that sort of thing. But, like, he really is a guy who can navigate a pocket without being this wow athlete. And then, you know, like, whether it's the back shoulder throws, it's, you know, it's, it's the stuff outside the numbers, it's, it's at the sticks, it's like perfect ball placement. They run an offense that's physical. And I think that's one of the biggest things about it is like Brady always played in, in physical offenses where there was a run game to kind of, I don't know, um, accentuate his skills from the pocket. And, you know, you look at Cincy and the way they're building, like look at the first game they played against Kansas City. They manhandled him up front and they ran the ball. And Pirine had 100 yards. He had 40 yards in the first quarter. Like that sets up the play action. That, that sets a tone in the game where you really soften things up for the pass game. And uh, I, I think, you know, the similarities are that this guy's, you know, stone-cold killer. He's got, he's got the leadership ability. He has it, but he moves well in the pocket, and he's really good at the sticks, and the ball placement's always very good. So I see, I see the similarities. I do. Um, and uh, and, and he's, it's a lot of fun to have a guy that's even a little <laughs> bit like him in, in this generation, this crop of quarterbacks. I'm with you. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, here's a fill-in-the-blank question. Such a sports talk radio setup, Chris Long, but here we go. The Dallas Cowboys did not win and did not reach the NFC Championship game because of fill-in-the-blank. What do you got for me? Oh, man. Um, I think they wore down in the second half. I mean, we could start with Dak. I mean, Dak throwing two picks. you you got Mr. Relevant. You've got Dak. And, you know, fill in the blanks. Who, who's the guy who makes two big mistakes? I mean, like, we've been waiting for Purdy to have this multiple interception game, and it hasn't happened. And he didn't, he's not spectacular. He didn't play spectacular yesterday, but what he did is he made the throws he had to make, and he, he, he avoided making those big mistakes. And Dak made those big mistakes. And then 
a ball game on the road against a really elite defense like that where the both, both scores are going to be in the teens. These are enormous, enormous plays. And, you know, one of them being backed up, um, the whole thing. And then, you know, like Diggs didn't pick the ball off mm. in the red zone. Like you had to count on Dallas creating turnovers. Right. And they didn't do that. So they turned the ball over. They didn't create turnovers. They missed their opportunities. And then I think on a short week, they wore down in the second half. I read a tweet at 8.43 p.m. that Dallas had them, you know, uh, they were 13 carries for 28 yards, the Niners were. I mean, getting the run game going was tough sledding. But once they did in the second half, it was 71 yards rushing. So, you know, Monday night game on the road. Then they got to go all the way out to the West Coast. I think eventually um, it jumped on their back. And, you know, Dak not just throwing two picks. He almost hit Greenlaw for a pick six late That's in the game. That's right. You know, it's, it's just – and coming in this game, I said it's like Dak played really, really well against the Bucks defense. It was not that good. Okay, like um, – and the week before, he had maybe the worst game of his career. It's like the inconsistency. Um, and it's the inconsistency of this team. And, and when Pollard went out, it just changed the game. And so I, I, I think there's a whole host of reasons – that you could point to, but you got to be wondering if everything's on the table for Jerry. Well, I mean, let's, everything. Let's everything talk about that. What is, what is the everything? If you're because I said earlier, I mean th- th- that means coach or quarterback, if not both. You know, the coach it, it, Sean Payton is sitting there on Fox. He's standing there. He's talking. He's talking to everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's available. Um, you'd have to cough up a one to New Orleans. I don't know if New Orleans would make Dallas cough up more than that for him. But you'd have to cough up a one for him, and then he's got to tell you what he thinks of Dak. Uh, I, I, you know, but Dak's not going to go anywhere to begin with. You know, if you draft a, a, a quarterback, I'll, I'll give you the floor on what you you'd do if you're Jerry. So I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, we speculate a little bit. I know Dak. Um, there's a big hit next year, so I don't know the the, the logistics of moving him. But if I were if I were Jerry. And, you know, I, I want to win a championship. You know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, like, we have literally seen every iteration of this Dak um, kind of era. And it all ends kind of the same way, right? Like, they, it ends in the playoffs, early exit, or <clears throat> they're disappointing. And so, um, you know, like, I can't point to that offense and say, there was a ton of stuff that Dak didn't have um, that he needed. I mean, you know, I was on my show this morning with Kyle, my brother, talking about how good a job Tyron Smith did on Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they got the best player blocked. You've got multiple playmakers on offense. Obviously, Pollard goes out with an injury, but these mistakes have nothing to do with that. And, uh, And I'm just not sure. Like, Kellen Moore, you talk about him like he's, you know, a head coaching candidate one day, he's his mastermind. Well, they've got that. They've got this, this coach just won a Super Bowl. They have, you know, their franchise quarterback in place, and it all just seems to end in the same place. You know, so I would hit the reset button. That's just me. I, you know, like, and I know some people don't like that word because <laughs> there's a whole lot of ways you can go with it, but um, I, I think it's time to see what else is out there. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. And uh, the question of can the Eagles look like the Eagles team that 
went undefeated the longest just in time for the playoffs with Hurts coming off an injury and the final month of the season being uh, up and down. Uh, can they do that? The answer is a resounding yes. Uh, how, how do you think they match up against the 49ers in this NFC Championship game based on what you saw, Chris? I mean, this game is going to be so physical. There's so many good players um, you know, with the ball in their hand after they catch the football, like from A.J. Brown to you know Dallas Goddard um, to you know Miles Sanders in the run game who had a really good I'm leaving out Devontae Smith. There's just a whole bunch. And on the Niners' side, it's like, yeah, pick your poison. So um, it's a game that's going to be just as, as fun to watch as it is physical. You know, these teams played each other like two years ago, and some of the names and faces have changed. But early in the season, they played, and it was one of the most physical ball games I've seen in the regular season in the past few years. Um, I think Philly has an interesting edge um, if you look at it up front. I mean, I just think they're deeper up front, obviously. I mean, they've got more rushers who can win. You know, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, you know, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave. I mean, I'm leaving guys out up front there. They've got guys that can get to Brandon Graham, um, where, you know, like San Francisco's entire front doesn't scare me as much. I also think Philly has an advantage. I mean, I know Philly has an advantage at quarterback, right? Um, and you look at it, and Jalen Hurts, he's the reason their offense goes in a lot of ways. I mean, they have some really good players, uh, and one of them they got back in Lane Johnson. But, like, Brock Purdy, I mean, and we, we do this thing, like, every week. You know, if somebody points out that the offense is great, it's like we're detracting from Brock Purdy. He can't control the situation he's in. He's doing the very best he can with it. Um, but when it comes to, to Jalen Hurts, he's the engine, right? Like, And you wondered how he would look going out there, him hitting Smith off the rip. Uh, you know, you say, okay, his arm's in a good place, so they're going to run the football. Quarterback runs all year long. They average about seven quarterback runs a game. They go seven quarterback runs on the nose. They run zone read to death for like over 200 yards. Um, and I think the front was just too much for the Giants. So, like, it's going to be an interesting, interesting ball game. I don't know how to, I don't know which way to lean at this point, uh, but the link's going to be rocking. Mm. And I, th- I think they do have two advantages that they can take advantage of. Um, and that's, you know, the defensive line and the quarterback. And before I let you go, uh, Chris, I mean, you, your ears are, are in that building. I know that um, since you, because you played there in Philly. What do you got for me on what Nick Sirianni's doing? Behind the scenes. You know, rallying the troops, firing them up, you know, popping on Instagram lives, you know, in celebration yeah. and all that stuff. What What's the secret sauce that he's adding that that's adding up to what we're seeing in Philly? Well, I think he's been himself, you know, like from the minute he signed, he had that bad press conference, yeah, which obviously doesn't mean anything, right? No. Dan Campbell was going to prison, right? Because <laughs> um, he bit a guy's knee. I remember the day we were, oh my God, oh, Dan Campbell said he was going to bite somebody's knee. This guy right. can't coach in the NFL. Right. Um, you know, meanwhile, look over here. We got Urban Meyer. Nobody's paying attention because that's what we do. Oh, Shiny objects. Tell so, me about it. Um, everybody freaks out about Dan Campbell. Everybody's freaking out about Nick Sirianni. Oh, he's, he sounds nervous. <laughs> okay. Well, um, then I call you know, some of my buddies and I'm like, Hey, you know, like what kind of guy, man, we love him. Like he's exactly what you see is what you get. He's competitive. He's got that energy about him. And I can remember this season getting to go up to see a game. And I got to go to the walk through Saturday and catch up with some guys and met Nick Sirianni. He's a tall guy, by the way, he's like my height. Um, and he, and he just can command a room. 
like the first time I met him, I wanted to play for him. Like he's just got that energy about him, and I think he fits Philly so well. Um, you know, except for the Pizza Hut thing uh, with the stuffed crust, you don't want to order Pizza Hut in, in South Philly. But uh, kudos to him for sharing that that tidbit. You know, he's exactly who he is, and I think you know, like his his he's kind of brazen, like the last guy in Doug Peterson, where he's going to go, he's going to you know, like he's he's unafraid, and I think that whole that whole mindset is a per- this team is so much different from the team that won the Super Bowl in 2017. They're better on paper and they they have a, such a different mentality. When we won the Super Bowl, it was nobody believes in us and that, people weren't paying attention. Right. Even you know the, the minute they started paying attention, Carson got hurt and all of a sudden we were kind of an afterthought. We had to prove it the whole year. They've had a, a target on their backs the whole year. Like everybody knows how good they are. And they've worn it. I mean, they they are cocky. Like they're on the they're on the they're on the line between confident and cocky, and that's right where you want to be. They're like bullies, man. And uh, and it, it's just it's it's fun to watch. I mean, like that's what you're going to need. Because San Francisco, they they got some bullies on their team. I love chatting with you, as you know. Um, this was as great as any of the hits we've done all year long. I greatly appreciate it. Um, and um, I hope you and your bro had a great green light pod, and you'll have a great week as well. Chris, thanks for the time. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Always. Right back at you. Let's do this again next Monday. That's Chris Long. Everybody check out Green Light Podcast with Chris. Just a dynamite listen, as always. Check it out where all podcasts can be acquired. Green Light Pod with Chris Long. If I could put it all together, I think he would lean towards Eagles Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. I think I agree with him. Seems Let's like take it. some phone calls when we come back. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, powered by Granger, with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Andy Reid has spoken about Patrick Mahomes' ankle. I'm wondering if it's been upgraded from a or downgraded from a tweak. That made me laugh. Tweak. Okay. Definitely not a tweak. Uh, Terzo in <laughs> Iowa, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Terzo? Hey, what's up, Rich? Well, rise. Oh, Chris. There's a, what's, up? what's up, brother? There you go. Hey, 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 TJ, man, that was that was a heck of a game, my man. Like it, it was, it was, it was, it was a tough to watch at times. I really did think that you guys had it. I really did. 
He's not answering. What, uh, what, what, you could talk to him. Oh, TJ. I thought he was. I was no, okay. no, he was done. I, was, <laughs> I thought he was going to keep going. No, uh, TJ, I got, I got several things for you guys. If, if, if go for I, it, yeah, Terza. What do you got? Open for a little bring bit, it, buddy. Bring it. Go for it. So, so I'm going to pick. I'm going to I'm going to piggyback off of you real quick, Rich, with with Joe Burrow. Man, he is a cold-hearted killer. Man, he is. Like, if I'm KC, I do not want to see him coming in. Especially with Pat Mahomes being a little banged up, man. Like, I would have rather have had the Mandalorian, Mandalorian coming in <laughs> than the Sith Lord that I got right now because Joe Burrow is coming for your soul and he does not play around. He does not. I mean, you know, I, I don't think the Chiefs want any piece of him. They haven't beaten him yet. He has their number. He's coming back into their house again. Um, and, um, and you heard Chris Long say that Mahomes is going to be a shadow of himself the question is is how much of a shadow of himself is he going to be um but um i would be concerned about it as well what other what other things you have on your mind terzo well well and this is this was the worst part about the the niners and dallas game last night when pollard went down i said i said verbatim this is where the game just changed because zeke can't catch the ball out of the backfield like pollard can and and you started to see that defense for Dallas start to wear down because Lawrence was in in Brock Purdy's face that whole entire first half. Yeah. He's just getting getting after him. And once Pollard went down, we were able to start to run the ball because that defense just started to get tired. We went from one point eight yards in the in the first half to then starting to get back to where we were over over four yards a carry. And and I hate seeing good players go down. It's just always a shame. Uh, thanks for the call, Terzo. I appreciate thanks, it. I'm right, right with you. I mean, the Dallas defense really was getting it done. Yeah. Uh, Purdy had one touchdown in the divisional game. The Niners, in Purdy's six previous starts, his first six starts, averaged 4.2 offensive touchdowns a game. He only got one. I mean, the big play was, um, if you had to peg a big play, Mm-hmm. If you had a peg one, it was the Niners flipping the field, eventually scoring to start the fourth quarter. That that uh, Kittle juggling catch that went off his right hand, his face mask, and then his left, and he grabbed it. And that thing was being juggled in the air so long, you wonder where's ever like where are the, where's the defender to just like Pop knock him. him silly, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a grab that was. Yeah. And then, of course, they took it in. And interesting, Chris Long just pointed out that he thought the Cowboys were gassed in the fourth quarter of that game on defense because they played the Monday nighter and had to travel all the, you know, not all the way across the country, but far enough. And that kind of makes me have to also add in here that last year was the first time they had the Monday night football game on a playoff weekend. And the team that won that was the Rams, who did travel all the way across the country to take on the Bucks on a Sunday. Oh, right. And if you recall... Tom Brady came back on them. That, the Rams <laughs> in the fourth quarter of that yeah. game were kind of gassed on defense. Yeah. Brady comes back, and then the Stafford to cup up top saves the day. Yep. And they survive and don't even go to overtime, in which they probably, you know... I don't know. If they've gone, they gone to overtime, does that championship trophy kind of that photograph get fuzzy like it's back to the future? You know, <laughs> if they go to I, I overtime, the Bucks win the title. Uh, you have to 
Do we stop Monday playoff games? You know what? Because that's not going to happen, that right? That ain't going to be That's a full Magic Johnson. Rich, I want to give Elijah Mitchell a little shout, too, because, you know, we pretty much bottled up Christian McCaffrey that game. He was a guy that I think you definitely had to be worried about. Did a great job with him. Mitchell came in. He ran hard. He got some big first downs. 51, gra- 51 yards. Yeah. He, um, he kind of changed. I think fourth quarter he came in when the defense was a little tired. He, sorry. he ran through some cats. In the same way that Zeke didn't. Yeah, I honestly thought like this could be a Zeke moment. He's only twenty seven. They only gave him the ball ten times, so you know this could have been a Zeke moment. Like feed him. He wants to be fed. He's the lost guy with Pollard being the home run hitter. Well, Pollard's gone. Let's see what he's got. I just they didn't have like in the same. You could sit here and I, I I see the topic bars at the bottom of the screen on all our. Other shows where we're up against, if you will, or on at the same time. You know, the our, our friend Stephen A. and 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 Irv chopping up. Jalen Hurts. Hurts is better than a, a Dak press. Is he better than Dak, or is Dak better than Jalen? Well, Jalen's got AJ Brown. Dak has CD Lamb. Jalen has. Devontae Smith, Smith. like so if the good. Cowboys had a Devontae, like there, you know who the version of Don Devontae Smith is, is T.Y. Hilton, and they grabbed him too late. In his career. <laughs> well, it, 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 <laughs> maybe, yeah, but definitely this season. Yeah. he's He was on the couch waiting for the call all year long. Uh, let's go to Andrew in Wilmington, North Carolina. Been hanging on for a long time. Thanks for hanging on, Andrew. Hey there, Rich. Can you hear me? I can. What's on your mind, sir? Thank you, sir. I appreciate you taking my call. My family and I are just we're big fans of you and your show. You guys are good people, so thank you. Well, clearly Andrew, your yeah. family are good people, too. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Um, I don't have to tell you about my lifelong Cincinnati Bengals. And we, like you, believe in one, Joseph Burrow. I could go on and on about the culture shift for us. Yes. 740 in Southern Ohio, where Joe and I are both from. Uh, we would give anything for him to stick around for a while. But I don't believe that the Brown family and Joe Burrow are going to continue this trend of resetting the quarterback market like he so easily could. Well, uh, so what's your question? Uh, my question for you is, do you personally think we'll see the headline in June about the largest contract in the history of the NFL um, when, you know, the Bengals right now looks like they could pay everyone like Jamar and T and P Ryan and extend this, make us a dynasty for a while. Well, here's, you know, and, and thanks for the call, Andrew, appreciate it. And say hi to your fam. Um, if Burrow is in fact Brady 2.0, and I think, you know, Chris, where I'm going with this. Absolutely. If he is Brady 2.0 in many of the different ways from as Chris Long, who played with Tom Brady, pointed out the processing, he can process a play pre-snap and mid-snap. He can also move in the pocket, slide around. Slippery is what he called him, just like Brady can't. The, the throws and the demeanor. Well, then he will take a hometown, give a hometown discount to his team, just like Brady did. And I bet you, you know, it wouldn't be surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if Burrow doesn't reset the market. Let's just put it this way: I would be surprised if Burrow takes what appears to be the Lamar approach, which is like all of it guaranteed. I want every penny guaranteed, just like the Browns did for Deshaun Watson. 
And he'd have every every quarterback, by the way, that has an opportunity to get paid now in the NFL has every right to say the Browns did it for Watson. The Haslam family did it for a quarterback that had two dozen cases accusing him of sexual misconduct hanging over him and that an ownership group and family in the NFL gave 230 million guaranteed dollars to that guy i have zero such cases hanging over my head i want the same thing everyone has the right to do that just as the same way that owners have a right to say well that's the haslam family you want to be paid by the haslam family well they already have their quarterback And you're seeing that from what all appears to be playing out in Baltimore. I do not see. I see Burrow saying, I love Chase. I love Higgins. I love Boyd. I love Mixon. I love these guys. I love being protected. I also know there's a certain amount of money that needs to be sliced up to go around to everybody. I will take a slice of the pie that will make sure everyone else gets paid around me, just as Brady did for all those years. And, of course, Brady was rewarded with Rache Caldwell every now and then, but he still won, <laughs> you know. I don't mean to call him out. May he rest in peace. Rest in but, you peace, know, I'm, sure. I'm just using him as a of course. placeholder for people that are not as talented as, say, Chase and Higgins and Boyd. That's a hell of a group that they're taking to Kansas City this week. I wouldn't surprise me if that's the way Burrow plays this thing. It helped that Tom had a uh, very famous, very rich supermodel wife. To take a hometown discount. Well, you know what? I I think Joe Burrow is young enough to be able to know that all this stuff over time will get paid to him. And whatever he does extract from Mike Brown will be generationally enriching enough. But I would be, let's just put it this way. I would be more surprised if it's like they are not going to the, the negotiations are not going well because Joe wants every penny guaranteed. Now, everyone could sit out there and say, well, you just said he has every right to do that, so why why shouldn't he? He can. I just believe the Haslam's did something that no other owner in the NFL is willing to do or will do, and this is something that you're seeing play out, and the Arizona Cardinals wound up paying Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson getting paid by the Denver Broncos in a manner in which those two guys took contracts that aren't fully guaranteed like Watson's. And we're going to see this played out with Justin Herbert, too, this offseason. That is still to come. That's already up, I imagine, being conversed about right now between the Chargers and Herbert. There's still more time to go for, for Burrow, for sure. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. As I was here, Mike Mayock's on tomorrow's program. I heard nice. him on Westwood oh, One with Iron Eagle call Bengals and Bills. This NFL postseason, every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free, all on the road on Super Bowl 57. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. When we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show, a few more of your phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. 
And then overreaction Monday, Andy Reid on Patrick Mahomes and more. It's the top of a new year, and let's just say you're starting a new year looking for a new job. You need to go to Monster.com because Monster.com knows that scoring your next job is a playoff moment similar to this past weekend. You need to bring your A game. Go to Monster.com because it has millions of job openings and great coaching and career advice for a strong performance when it counts. Plus, when you upload your resume to Monster.com, you can be recruited by employers before they even post their jobs. Monster.com specializes in building the right teams for employers and thus knows how to match you with those job fits. When you score the position, Monster.com's salary calculator that ensures you're paid what you're worth. It's time to get off the sidelines and go to Monster.com and win the job hunt. Monster.com. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. William and Eugene, Oregon, you're here on the show. What's up, William? Hey, Rich, how are you? What's going on? Not much. I, I bet my friends early in the season that the Bills would not get into the divisional round. I just feel they're so one-dimensional. What do you think about them going after, like, a cream hunt from the Browns, which is also a dysfunctional organization, or even doing a showstopper like uh, Shaquan Barkley? You know what? That's an interesting choice, and, and I appreciate the call, William. Um, I, I think you're hitting on something here. Yeah, I think so. So let, let me hit on the Bills. Because, you know, the Bills are a highly likable bunch. Same with Bills Mafia. Highly likable. Love Josh Allen. Root for Josh Allen. I thought the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl. As you know, so did the rest of everybody on NFL Game Day morning. We went on the air on our season kickoff show and all of us chose the Bills. All of us. We got a lot of crap for it. Now we're getting a whole bunch of, I'm seeing it posted on my Twitter timeline. You were so full of it. Kurt, God bless him, goes back at these people. There wasn't even a game played yet. You're acting like we're idiots. <laughs> I mean, Kurt, you're in the Hall of Fame. We're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. You're good. But, um, yeah, I, I thought they were going to win it all. And then I got off of them when I had a shot to get off of them around Thanksgiving. I hopped on the Chiefs. And part of the reason why I did that is I thought there was a gear missing. We saw that gear kick into high gear for the first third of the season. We saw it right here in Los Angeles when they ruined the Rams banner raising. We saw it when they beat the Chiefs. We saw it. They didn't have a gear. They, they lost a gear in Von Miller. But when the push does come to shove and everything gets colder and the weather gets colder, I, I feel that their running game is a major glaring problem. Again, I know the pushback can be, well, running game wasn't a problem when Gabe Davis was catching four touchdown passes in the divisional round last year. They just wound up 13 seconds shy of a stop. Got it. But what happens when Gabe Davis isn't the number two turning into the number one? We saw that yesterday. Certainly since number one, him turned back into Stefan. And it's been a frustrating month. That's what they did. Diggs kind of didn't have his game. He didn't have his monster games. 
and you saw the frustration on the sideline with the with the snow coming down. I'm just wondering, you know, in the same way the Niners have moved on to the NFC Championship game, would they have moved on? Would they have gotten into the two seed? Similar to what Buffalo had. Would they have gotten this far? Would they have gotten past Dallas if McCaffrey wasn't on this team? If Elijah Mitchell was option one, if they'd held on to Jeff Wilson, would they even have gotten into the two-seed position? Would Purdy be as viable a guy? I know McCaffrey. McCaffrey did score the touchdown, but he didn't have a big game against Dallas, and we'll see what happens against Philadelphia. I'm just pointing out the Niners looked around and said, we have got our team. Don't forget, they made this deal when Garoppolo was still the quarterback there. And interestingly enough, McCaffrey's first game was against the Chiefs the last time the Niners lost a game. Um, that, don't forget, the Niners looked around and said, we're going to go for it. We're going to just take it, what we've got, and just raise the stakes. Maybe the Bills do that. Do they do that with Saquon? That's a fascinating idea. Now, you'd have to spend, you'd have to spend a lot, but I think you you just take the moment and raise the stakes. Go for it. I mean, the Rams did it with, with Odell. The Niners did it with McCaffrey. Maybe the Bills do that and get the run game going so Allen doesn't feel like it's all on his shoulders. And I think that that all weighs on him enough in a game that that might be the way that it's you could switch it on. It's definitely not, in my mind, the coach. I thought John McDermott had coach of the year written all over him. You know, I think I think the Bills dealt with a lot this year, yeah. to say the least. Can James Cook be that guy next year? It's if a good they, question. I, I, don't, I don't know. Does he have that run between the tackles mentality that he can do like his brother can? I'll turn to your Georgia Bulldog. Was that his? That, I don't think that was his forte, right? He more was catching it out of the backfield. Good third down, good good change of pace. Or he could just turn into that guy. Maybe. I'm sure if you asked him, he'd say, put the bell cow on me. I could be that guy for you. But are you going to give Saquon the four-year $65 million? Are you going to make him the highest paid per year running back? Maybe he wouldn't do that. Maybe he'll just go to Western New York for give them a hometown discount. He wants to win a championship and go yeah. be teammates in a in a spot where everyone loves each other. By the way, I'm not I'm not saying that Diggs and Allen are angry. He's angry with Allen. That can't be put back together. I mean, I think that was just you know, heat of moment yeah. type stuff. Single I will game, chalk it up day. to that. Yeah, you get mad at Del Tufo sometimes. It's still all love, though. I would get basically enough help on the defensive side of the ball, rushing the passer. Yeah, too many and, injuries in the and secondary. Give me a running game and go to battle because right now, Joe Burrow has taken this whole Mahomes Allen thing and broken it into pieces. Yeah. Hour three coming up. Broken it into pieces. Burrow has taken this whole business of it's Mahomes and Allen is your new Brady and Manning. Yep. 
That's the way it's going to go because oh, last year we saw it in the divisional round. It was an all-time great matchup. And how many times are we going to see this over and over again in the way that the Chiefs win their division and the Bills win their division? They're going to play each other every year in the regular season. And it's Mahomes and it's Allen. And this is the world we live in. And Joe, Joe Burrow said, my ass as a matter of fact he basically told everybody that bought into allen versus mahomes better send those refunds better send those refunds rich please just wait like eight more minutes no, you're, like, got play, it. you're playing right into it no I got it. I, I got oh, it i got yeah. it this is not an overreaction this is not this is actually a, a, a two-year development oh then i can't wait for you to hear my take great he almost this, won the Super Bowl last year. Better. He's going to win it in three weeks. Give out those yeah. refunds. I can't wait for him to come in studio and for you to almost spill coffee on one more time. I don't know you keep bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, because, because it, it was, was a moment that we knew. It's over. It was three years ago. It's a moment we knew Joe Burrow was cool under pressure. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even flinch. Didn't flinch. He moved. Nope. Okay. That's when we knew. I don't think anybody knew. At the time that he could come in and wreck the buffet. He's coming for Kansas City, too. The Harrow Club.